Okay, wait, stay still. You're listening to the Whenever It Kicks podcast with me, Jesse Gabe. And I have a special guest who's returned to his family home from Australia. Who is, who are you? My name's Alfie. Brown? Yep. Alfie Brown is here to talk about parenting and what it was like in, without his children for a while. And we talk about lots of things, the Kardashians, paleo, memories, and Liverpool Football Club, of course. Thank Jesse you for, brings that up. Thank you for being a guest, Alfie. That's my pleasure. I hope you enjoyed it. This is the Whenever It Kicks podcast with Jesse Cave. He doesn't know when he's done breastfeeding, does he? Yeah, no, he, he just could take it all day, do it all day. <laughs> what a compliment. Were you breastfed? I was breastfed, yeah. For how long? Um, for, I've no idea. I mean, I wasn't, I can't, I wasn't making memories. Yeah, but it's different. I know, obviously you don't remember, but have you never found out from your mum how long you are breastfed? No, we speak about a lot of things, me and my mum, but that's never been... That's never been on the agenda. I don't actually think it was. Uh, actually, I seem to remember her telling me that because we grew up vegetarian, I actually had uh, soy formula and breast milk. So you grew up vegetarian with both your parents. I thought it was just your dad. No, I mean because they were together for the first portion of my life. Yeah. What, what would right now be the first sixth of my life? Oh God, that's scary. So. You don't know how many months because it's different being breastfed for two months or 22 months, isn't it? Uh, is, is it? It's really, well, obviously it's incredibly different. It, does it make a difference in terms of, I mean. Not I, in terms of development or, or, or health. I think it's all the same now. Oh, for me dis- difference in terms of like effort on the mum's part. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, it's formula is effort too, but it's a to breastfeed your baby for two years. Yeah, is a big deal. That's a lot of effort. Yeah, I think if I was, obviously, I can't put myself completely into the position of somebody who's breastfeeding because I don't have any breasts. But yet, yet, (laughs) Uh, but um, I, I think, I think I'd find it. I mean, you. I remember you, find, you finding it slightly more different uh, or, or, or more confronting a thing to do when the child in question had teeth. Donnie had teeth, didn't he? Or did I Mark definitely have been. Teeth? I definitely been bitten. Yeah. And I, my mum always says when they have teeth, because she was bitten really hard by my brother. She said that it's it's quite, yeah, it's not easy to breastfeed when they have teeth. Mm. I can't imagine breastfeeding when you have teeth. Well, you've done it. Yeah, but not a lot of teeth. All of our children have been quite slow to get teeth. You know, some babies come out and they get teeth within two months. Haven't there sort of been, haven't there been some babies that come out with teeth? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, it, age, wa- it ages them up. I'd want to put it back in if it came out with teeth. I'd, yeah. I'd be too creeped out. Uh, yeah, I, it, it immediately makes them look older and like toddlers when they have teeth. I quite like that they've all been quite slow to have teeth. Yeah. Because we've now just discovered that I do have an addiction to to the babies. <laughs> I like the babies. The baby's right now looking very kind of babyish, looking like it's graduated from newborn now to sort of baby. Like it's confident. It's like, it's like as a plane it has finished its kind of journey of ascent into the air and then it starts cruising. That is, you know, cruising as a baby. 
Yeah, well, and he's will officially... be now until he's about eighteen months old. Mm-hmm. Well, he's and officially starts to toddle. <laughs> he's officially en- uh, entering actual baby stage because the fourth trimester technically lasts until twelve weeks. So he's almost eleven weeks. Hang on, are we still dealing in trimesters? I thought trimesters no. were a pregnancy phenomenon. Yes, but it's kind of a a thing that I found about out about on Instagram. But it's also a a thing for the fourth trimester is the first three months out of the womb. Okay. So, and and it and it's also for the mother as well to recover from pregnancy. It's a huge amount uh, to to recover from okay. and to get used to not being pregnant again. I think that's actually taken me ages. Yeah. Nine months in, nine months out. Yeah. No, no, no. I think the fourth trimester only lasts, I think it's three, I think it's three months. Once they're 12 weeks, I think things. People stop talking about trimesters. They don't give a shit anymore about the mum. What's a a mester? I don't know, Alfie. (laughs) Fucking hell. This isn't a language. This is not a language podcast. Well, it's, yeah, but it's, we're talking about like parenting language. Yes, but I I, I don't think anyone wonders what a a mester is. You're the first person to have wondered that. Sorry. Um, So yeah, they, the mother has to recoup after pregnancy and get used to not being pregnant anymore and then adjust to everything that comes with having a newborn and usually by 12 weeks, everything seems to have settled a little bit. Yeah. I remember you often talking about missing Missing being pregnant. And actually, even though the baby's present, missing the baby, even though it's in front of you, it's not inside you. Yeah, I definitely miss being pregnant already, which Mm. is crazy. But I think it's just because it's nice to not be focusing on you. You're, you're, it's like you're a double act. You're, you have someone with you the entire time. When you're pregnant. Yeah. Mm. And I, I do miss that secret. It's like a secret a nice secret that you, that is a connection that is just irreplaceable really. And then obviously I've got the connection with him now that he's out, but it's, it's different. It's a connection with the unknown and it's a secret connection. So it's almost more important in a way. Yeah. Like it it only exists. It's all for you at that Mm -hmm. particular point, even though to me looking at you right now, breastfeeding him, trying to get him off the breast and him lurching forward, um, sort of yapping his mouth together as if to say, no, 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 I wasn't done. Mm -hmm. Uh, It still looks like a pretty private connection or seems like a pretty private connection to everybody else. I think like there's certainly been an adjustment period for our other children in terms of you looking like you have a a special connection, but I suppose it's not a secret anymore. And what you're saying is before nobody else could even know about the connection that you had with the baby to be jealous about it. Well, I think it's more that during the pregnancy and that secret connection, it's, it's quite a selfish thing because it's about me and this baby that will eventually come up, but it's, a, it, it, it's a, the baby's anonymous and it's about the mother and it's the one moment to shine. Obviously, some women don't enjoy being pregnant and stuff like that. But I quite enjoy being, I don't know. It's just, it, you're taking care of a bit more when you're pregnant. I think people, it's a special thing being pregnant. And I still think people react to the phenomenon of pregnancy 
Um, and so that now that the baby's out and there is the obvious connection I have with him with breastfeeding. Um, it's, it's much less about me. It's about him the entire time. So mm. I think it's just an, a, a nice period of time where you can, I don't know, it sounds really egotistical, but just to enjoy that attention a bit. Um, yes. And I think we have, we have an eldest child now who's coming to the end of just coming to the end of being like remarkably cute to strangers. <laughs> like there's a certain age that kids get to where they become sort of like gross to strangers as opposed to adorable to them. Yeah. I completely understand that. And I think our six year old is still five. Cute enough. She's five. Five. She's five. Yeah, but she's about to be six. Yeah, no, she's not. She's five. She's about to be six. There's a whole month before she's six. Please don't just, I hate you doing that. <laughs> but to be fair, it's June now. Shit. Yeah. So it's basically. She's almost six. Oh my God. Hey, hey, we're, we're still, you know, we're 36 years old. We're great. We're 35, Alfie. We just turned 35. <laughs> this is not funny. And no one will understand that. It's um, not funny. Okay. Apologies. There'll be someone out there who's just going to try and change my IMDb. Not that I've looked at my IMDb in a long time. They can't change your IMDb. And also... I'm joking. Nobody wants to change your IMDb. No, I know. They might change your Wikipedia. Um, I haven't I haven't dared, look, um, dared Google myself in a long time, so I don't know. No, don't Google yourself. But Donny, today I looked at him, or he looked at me, and I was shocked by how he suddenly looked like a a boy not a little boy a boy mm. yeah he's closer to being a teenager than he is a newborn oh my god hey this is the passage oh of time that we're all born i know into. and it's so short it really is so short and that's why i kind of want to talk to you today first of all i want to talk to you about breastfeeding the second also um because it's really hard having a, a newborn and we've now done it four times. And each time our relationship has evolved in those months after into a different thing. It has mm -hmm. to regrow almost. Yeah. And especially with us because of our foundation being so tiny, small, um, we didn't have much to go from. With it. We've always had a baby growing or with us. So... How do you feel, given that it is so short and that Donnie isn't a little boy anymore, he's going to be a boy, and that seems to have gone so fast. He's When we're, we are having a hard time right now, say, because it's, you know, it's not been easy the last, well, since you got back from Australia, um, do you find it really difficult to look forward or do you just think, oh, God, this is, this is it, this is it, this is going to be hard forever? Um, no, I don't think it's going to be hard forever. It does feel like, um, I, I feel, I, I worry that with the more kids you have, you spread the experience of the parent child relationship too thin. So there's so many to deal with and look after, deal with being a nastier way of saying look after, but I do mean look after, share time with, 
enjoy the experience of the bond that you have with them. And you spread it thinner and thinner the more children you have. So not you might have more children, but you have less of an intimate bond with the ones who were previously there. I'm not saying that's the case. I'm saying that's my fear. It's definitely my fear too. But it's weird that I didn't think about that before. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the, the, the primal urge to procreate is strong. Um, so... Uh, uh, and I mean, it's not even like you didn't have anybody warning you that it might be the case. No, and also I'm one of five, so I I know it firsthand. Sure, yeah, yeah. I do see parents who stop. Like we just watched the episode of um, the Kardashians where Courtney meets. I'm, if there's a point to this, I know, Cor- I know, I know. I'm all I'm taking issue with is the use of the word "we." Well, you were there. You I, were I was, witness to I it. I was here, but what was I doing? You were watching the cricket and exactly. paying a little bit too much. To, you Googled things, Alfie. You Googled how, how many followers the sisters have and you tested me. You were getting involved. You know that her plane costs 150 million. You Googled that. Yeah, there was, a, there was it was tea in the cricket. <laughs> Do they actually have tea? Yeah, that's there's just two breaks called? in the day. There's lunch and tea. So football has half time and cricket has tea. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Courtney was chatting to Gwyneth Paltrow about doing a collab mm-hmm. what's wrong nothing is it because i say paltrow word mm-hmm. is it really <laughs> paltrow paltrow like there's an paltrow. accent on it this is it, j-lo paltrow yeah but you say j-lo weird as well yeah but that's that's just me okay my two icons you know that when i auditioned for rada and obviously didn't get in mm-hmm. when i was 17 with my turquoise eyeliner um they asked me in the drama workshop bit um, who's your favourite actress? <laughs> this is just after we had to do some animal shit. And I panicked. I suddenly forgot the name of every single actress in the world, apart from, who's your favourite actress? And I said, Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> they said, why? And I said, because her eyes, her eyes are <laughs> like windows to the soul. I actually said that. Her eyes are like windows to the soul. It's uh, amazing because I think you're a really, uh, I think you're a really underrated actress. But I mean, it is, I think it's probably moments like that that have held you back in definitely. your career. Yeah, imagine. Because you watch, I could watch be Jesse Buckley right brilliant. now. If I got into RADA, I'd be Jesse Buckley. Would you? No. She is brilliant. She is brilliant. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> She's especially brilliant as Nancy. No one remembers that, do they? Andrew Lloyd Webber's chat show, not chat show. Yeah, she was the Nancy and she was told that she couldn't dance. And to be fair, she couldn't. Anyway. um, And now she's Olivia Coleman. Now she's the next Olivia Coleman. Well, no, she is Olivia Coleman in that film where she's Olivia Coleman. Oh, yes. Sorry. Yes, of course. Anyway, um, so they're doing a collab with candles and something to do with vaginas, Gwyneth and Courtney. Yeah. And Gwyneth looks at Courtney when Courtney says, so me and Travis want to have another, want to have a child together. Courtney has three children with Scott, who you just saw in that, Scott Disick. Mm-hmm. And um, when she said that, that she wanted to have another child, I saw Gwyneth kind of look sorry for Courtney. <laughs> like, why would you want another child type look? I might be, this is all me projecting maybe. But Gwyneth has one boy and one girl, Apple and Moses. And maybe they're the smartest people who stop at two. And I was just thinking when Gwyneth was describing her amazing second marriage, 
now how happy she is. I was just thinking, because I did, I did feel like Gwyneth was judging Courtney for wanting another child. Mm-hmm. But maybe it wasn't judging. It was more kind of, but it could be so, you know, you can really spend as much time with you. You can do all the paper mache with them and you can do the, the, the homework and you can take them on field trips. You can have enough money for a holiday. If you, this is all me, obviously, thinking about what you could do if we didn't have four. Um, anyway, that, 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 did you understand what I'm saying? I, I do understand what you're saying, that you can, uh, that there is an element of everybody being more aware of what they, what they, what they don't have, the grass being greener, as it were. And, um, and to, is it, what's her name? Courtney. Courtney. Yeah. She wants to have a child with Travis because she wants some emblem of their extraordinary and passionate lovemaking sessions. Exactly. And, um, and, and what kind of Gwyneth's eyes are saying, but the very, the the very existence of those, the energy that you have, that those, that is the foundation of those lovemaking sessions will um, f- go away if yeah. you have this child. Yeah, definitely. And then I also found it funny because Courtney looked at Gwyneth when she corrected her and said, it's actually my first marriage with almost a little bit of anger that, because Gwyneth said, oh, but you've basically been married. And I think Courtney got upset because she feels that this relationship is, I'll stop talking about the Kardashians now. Let's get back on track, actually. <laughs> well, it, we, we, we're, we're processing a lot of our emotions through the Kardashians, as, you, as, as you're prone to do, and I'm happy to join you in it. Well, I was just going to make the comparison that I feel, sorry if the baby's kicking the microphone and that's making a weird sound. No, it's not. Um, I feel a comparison with Courtney on this level because... No, I don't feel a comparison. I I feel like we're basically married Mm -hmm. in a way because of the children. Yeah. And when I watch the Kardashians and I see the kind of the the relationships they have with with their exes with children, I immediately get really tense watching it. So I found it all really tense, actually, because Kim's about to start dating. Well, she is dating Pete Davidson. And I'm just thinking about Kanye. I'm just thinking... Well, how are they splitting the childcare and how are they, I get so tense and I think it, it just have, I just have flashbacks to us breaking up and thinking of how tense it was organizing when you were seeing the kids and hated that whole period of time. I've completely rambled, but I just found the Kardashians very intense just to watch right now. Um, yeah, yeah. And not only that, but sort of, uh, England were uh, failing to capitalise on the fast start they made of the cricket today. So, so it was a tense hour. It was a tense time for both of us. Yeah, you were putting yourself in Kanye's position. When are you going to see the kids? Um, Don't fall in love with Pete, Kim. I, Pete Davidson is one of those men that I think if, if there was a woman who was attractive like that and uh, if I said, oh, I think she's hot, I'd like to have sex with her then it would be one of those things that a lot of women look at me and go, Ugh, I can't believe you fancy somebody like that. Like, yeah. like Jack Grealish, who plays for Manchester City, is another one. Lots of women on Twitter say, oh, he's so hot. I love Jack Grealish. If like a woman who is attractive in the same way that he is attractive, I would be embarrassed to say that I was attracted to. Like Kim Kardashian, because it seems too obvious. Right, yeah. 
Yeah, I know what you mean. I would never say that I, I would never advertise the idea that I've, you know. Well, that's probably why he didn't go to the after party at SNL, as we just found out. Okay. <laughs> anyway, you, you appreciated my Skims bra, didn't you? You like my Skims bra. Is that her brand That's my bra. one good bra, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could, I could hardly <laughs> believe it existed. Do you want me to get more Skims bras? Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't know what, I don't know what they are. You do know what it is because I it's do the know, only I do know bra what it is. I've got. I, do, I know what that bra is. I've got that one bra. But I don't know what their other, I don't know what the other selections look like. I was trying to buy you some Faye shoes earlier. But that's not the same as buying a bra for me. It's completely the opposite direction. But I don't actually. know your bra size. I don't know my bra size either. I don't have a bra size because I wear sports bras. Yeah. Or elasticated bras. And, and you've had so many children that the, 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 the bra size it's changed a fair bit across. Kind of. Pregnancies. I don't really know. It has. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, I'm I'm largely the same boob size. Uh, obviously, I'm bigger right now because of breast milk. But anyway, this sorry everyone. This is not what the podcast is about. Um, I Alfie is um, excited because I'm about to throw away two pairs of leggings I've had since I was. I've had for probably a decade. I've had these leggings. And um, I feel like it would be an important step in our relationship for me to throw away these leggings. Jesse finds it quite hard to throw things away. And in all areas of our life, I'm very pro, like, uh, decluttering. <laughs> yeah, but your form of decluttering is coming back from Australia with two bags, a suitcase of clothes, me putting them to Sainsbury's bags, and they're now by the front door, and they're just going to stay there. <laughs> I need to take them to the laundrette and I haven't done it yet. Either way, like I'm not saying, I, I, I wasn't suggesting in this particular area of y- y- you that I, I feel like could be different, okay. that I was in fact perfect and like a, 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 a shining light in this area. All I'm saying is that you've now for I think the last two or three years had to wear these leggings back to front because you wore the knees out on one side. So instead of getting some new leggings, which I would also say to you to to buy those leggings again new, it wouldn't have been a bank breaker. No, I think they were very cheap. You've spent money on other things in a in a in a in a more laissez faire way than it would have been to replace the perished leggings. They're just a nice colour. <laughs> They're faded navy. I can see why you like them because they were so incredibly worn out that the cotton had sort of bobbled and softened. Yeah. So they so were comfy. kind of comfortable and they were loose. Mm. I'm and only the elastic them... went round the waist. But that's and... the only reason I'm throwing them away. Yeah. That was the last straw. They died. They finally died. I'm glad. Yeah. I also think I like them because they've say I've been able to wear them pregnant and not pregnant for so long. I really am going to miss those leggings. I'm but sorry. I, I do appreciate that they are disgusting. We all, <laughs> they are disgusting. Um, we all have to make sacrifices in this journey, in exactly. this parenting journey. But the one worry that we both have about not being able to spend as much time with each of the kids individually now that we have four, I, I kind of made myself feel better about because like you say to me so many times, like you've said to me so many times um, when I said, oh, but I want them to you know, see this. I want them to see this. You're like, they won't remember that. They won't remember that quite often. You say that kind of thing to me. Um, like today with the planes, I was like, should I go and wake 10 up yeah, to see the Jubilee I, I, planes? I said it wasn't worth waking him up when A, 
he he's not in a good mood when he wakes up. So he's not going to go immediately, oh, my God, wow. And he would have liked it in the moment, but... This is I about the Jubilee planes. The, yes, the Jubilee plane flyover today, and uh, we were all outside watching it. And I just feel like, you know, there'll be another flyover. I know. and I, I, I mean, there's one on Saturday. Yeah, exactly. I didn't feel like it was worth waking him up. I know, but I don't have any memories pr- before seven, really. Very, oh, actually, I don't even, I don't have any memories really up until I was a teenager. Proper, proper big memories. I have flashes of things. But I don't, I know my mum was good to me. Like, I know my mum was an amazing mum. And I, that's the flash I get when I think of that age. And I don't really worry about them not having individual experiences with me as much as say a child who had one sibling or no siblings because not mothers can't spend their entire time making amazing experiences and memories with their kids. Like it's just not possible. It's, it's, you can do a few things in a day that are nice, but even if now I have to split those few things into four kids, they're going to have a little bit of a nice time with me. And I know I could be having I'm not being clear at all. I know I could be having, I could, you know, if I just had Donnie say, I could be doing crafts with him. I could be doing drawing with him. I could be watching a film with him. I could be making him baking with him. I could be doing all these things. But he he wouldn't want to do all those things with me anyway in one day. So you just have to divide it up and accept you're going to have nice moments when you can with with them individually. But there's something so great about being from a, bigger pack of like I was because you have this kind of collective identity as well as your own identity and it kind of is like a little superpower you have obviously it can go wrong and you can not get on with your siblings and bad stuff happens but I think the pros and cons of having multiple children for me the the pros outweigh the cons I find the idea of having a collective identity as a family quite um uh quite quite difficult to understand i think I, first of all because well i just had one brother and then a half brother when i was 11 and then a collection of step people who shifted as different marriages came together and broke apart um so m- me and lenny and then also like we me and Lenny weren't always together either. Like we didn't have the same schedules because we had different schools and different. So it wasn't like he and and then he went away to university in America for God knows how long. But also I think it, there's something about two boys together is different um, and a unique thing. And also for you guys, you had, you split your time between your mom and your dads. So and they had their own identity. Your dad stamped his identity on you and your mum stamped her identity on you. And it's it's very, it's a completely different experience. Yeah. And I think the fact that I don't have that and I don't understand it. And I was looking at us as I think, you know, everyone's at points prone to do, trying to look at the situation, the situation you're in externally, like look, look at what we are from a sort of bird's eye point of view as me looking down on myself with you walking through the park with them today, all of us. 
and thinking, oh, we're, we're a family and what that means to us, what, what it even means to be a family, because what it even means to be a family as, as a form of identity or is something that I don't really understand because I never had, I, I, I never, I never, I never had that. I only ever experienced my identity as something, um, uh, lonely. I mean, not, not lonely know, in a kind yeah. of negative sense, but like, it, and it's good. And I enjoy my own company and silence and quiet and calm as we've discovered sometimes to the, <laughs> to everybody's detriment. But that might be something to do with the fact that also your parents are split up by the time you were Donnie's age mm-hmm. or younger, way younger. Not way younger, about then. About then. So that must be strange as well to oh. be passing, Donnie to be passing that age and for us to be together. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't remember when we had that two year breakup. No, exactly. So he to only him, remembers we've us together. always been um, together. Kind of. I get little things here and there where I, I think. Tiny, yeah, yeah, but not really. But um, no, definitely. I know. He, he, I mean, he jokes about it in quite a funny way. Um, but there's something quite thrilling for me about, yeah, we're a family. We've made a family. I, I'm excited to kind of have our own rules and our own ways of kind of guiding them into adulthood that are different to to my family and your family that we're making our own way and that's quite exciting to me and weirdly it just it feels like doing something properly adult and it's only with becca recently that i've felt that we we're we're kind of I don't know. Yeah, we're a unit. And I think that's because it was so rushed with Donnie and Margot and everything was so different and we we were younger and everything was a bit more frantic. And then 10 as well in the pandemic and everything, everything was so weird. So it's only now that we're a little bit more settled that I'm like, oh my God, we're, yeah, we're a family. And that's like really thrilling to me. And I can see how people, you know, say, oh, we're going to make a family. I never thought of it like that. Well, no, that's because it's something that, happened to us and in a sense we're extremely lucky because many people try very hard to have um what we've had and it it, it has sort of happened around us which has presented its own obstacles but I don't think you can forget how lucky that makes us especially like on days like today when even when I'm you know for, for whatever reason I was awake all night with 10 snoring into my ear hole and headbutting me <laughs> as he's prone to do uh and I felt appalling this morning because his um snot lurgy whatever has gone whatever's ailing him at the moment has found itself a home in my throat or i'm just looking for attention um (laughs) (laughs) as you've it's weird that i haven't got it you know it's weird weird that i haven't got it well to be fair it might be my fault in that you i think uh have a stronger immune system than me yeah i do because i'm yeah i just probably do Maybe yeah. breastfeeding makes you stronger. I don't know. No, breastfeeding, I think, would make you weaker. It's the fact that you eat like a kind of pagan... Nuts. Lots of nuts. ...kind of monk <laughs> person. You eat like a kind of... Or a paleo... You're, you're essentially on the paleo diet, aren't you? You always have been. Are oats on the paleo diet? 
Is right. oatly, barista oatly on the paleo diet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, good, then I am. I've technically been paleo. Yeah, paleolithic man w- loved oatly. Oh, my God. And He'd have his own coffee shop, wouldn't he? Uh, they had their little, they had little coffee caves <laughs> where people would go and drink oatly. <laughs> All the vegan cave people. <gasps> That's so great. It's not. Oatly's not. Oatly's oats not. No. What? No, it's Are you not. joking? No. I was so excited about that. Sorry. Pay- so, I thought we were doing pe- like a joke no, I together. Wasn't do- I wasn't on a joke with Sorry, you. Sorry, I thought we were doing a joke together. So, so. what is, pe- is, is our oats not paleo? Uh, you no. can gather oats. Yeah, but I don't think you can... You like, can gather you can, oatly. You can eat kind of a sugar cane, but you can't f- like create sugar. Yeah, but oatly is just oats mixed up, isn't it? Yeah, but that's not... Everything is just something mixed up. Yeah, but oats aren't a made thing. They are a natural... I know, but oat milk is. Yes, but it's made of natural ingredients. So is bread, but bread isn't paleo. Well, bread should be paleo. Right, okay, <laughs> well, you take it up with, you know, Dr. Paleo of okay, Paleo well, I'm University. Paleo. I'm, it's like I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm almost paleo. I'm almost What paleo. I was going to say was even though I felt awful this morning mm. and uh, ill of um, my own uh, personal weakness because of my bad lifestyle choices... Uh, I still uh, knew how wonderful it was, which was great. Um, I know. And and, and the other thing, sorry to um, just final thing, in what you were saying before is that now you get to make decisions about how you want to raise them. And I'm, I'm finding that more than ever. Now that they're becoming, you know, children who are more than just something that strangers coo at they were always more than just something that strangers cooed at but now they're you know the people that you can have a chat with them about their day and you know engage with them and ask their opinions about things and try and get them to work out problems or have them correct you about what sort of uh you know whatever big cat fact you've just gotten wrong <laughs> uh, they can correct you because they absorb that sort of information because they love it and the decisions you make about how you want them to be and things you want them to do, like, you know, creating creating readers is a big thing for me. Yeah, I think that's something that uh, if we are going to be bold about anything with rules, I would like to really imprint reading as a priority. Yeah. Which, which again, it's not that our, my parents didn't do that. It's just that it's... It's something that we both, as um, self-taught idiots, um, me, I'm talking about me more than you, you're not an idiot, but um, reading has transformed my career, really. If I hadn't have read, it was the only thing that I think has truly helped me. Mm. So, yeah, if we can just, uh, my my agent, who's um, amazing, she told me that she has allowed her son unlimited audible so he can he can listen to whatever he wants and he can buy on amazon or whatever any book he wants and it's never questioned so that he knows that it's something that is encouraged and is allowed and and endorsed rather than you know buying a beyblade or buying a beanie baby or something yeah which i thought was such a good idea yeah there's it's it's a it's yeah, it's a it's a crucial 
crucial thing. And I think as long as you do that and you, I don't know, limit things that aren't as nourishing. Although I think, you know, I know that I think we have a different, a slightly different opinion about computer games in that I think they're sort of, especially nowadays, engaging and arguably better than TV mm. because they're they're forcing you to problem solve and engage in a narrative in a more direct way. And I suppose, you know, hand-eye coordination, that's a little thing. But, uh, you know, there are so many... There are so many smart and cool people who play loads of video games that I know. There are also loads of idiots, but I, there are very few really, really smart people I know who don't read. Yeah, very true. Well, I was going to say you should play PlayStation Madonna again soon. It's half term, but we've missed that boat now. But um, but even if you had one child, you can't engage with them all the time. No. So they would play PlayStation a lot too. I'm just trying to make myself feel better. Well, I think, this. yeah, I, but I always think you have mothering eyes bigger than your parenting stomach because you come up with a, some plan for the day and it's like 9am papier-mâché, 10am <laughs> orienteering, 11am, you know, we go on a family jog, 12am we stop for healthy snacks. Just so that 1 no one gets the wrong idea, I don't accomplish any of these things. Yeah, but your to-do list at the beginning of the day looks like Mark Wahlberg wrote it. There was one day during lockdown, the first lockdown, where they were homeschooled. I remember you got that chalkboard. I wrote an itinerary on that chalkboard. And I think we did accomplish that chalkboard itinerary that day. And I never did that again. (laughs) We did so many activities that one day. So they did that activities that one day, you know, it's fine. Um, I think because a lot of people would have listened to the podcast when you were in Australia, it'd be nice just to have a little... Um, a summary of your emotions as a father separated from your beautiful children and to come back, like you said earlier, to a giant baby because you left when he was, you you had to go. Sorry, you don't like me saying you left when he was a week. You always phrase things in this way <laughs> that makes it sound like I'm awful. Like it wasn't a joint decision that we <laughs> made together. Like I left and you dealt with it. Like it, and I and I know what you do it, and you're doing that thing that like there's this. I can't remember who it was, but we bumped into I think somebody who worked for something to do with your book or something, and we met them on the street, and you, oh no, and you hilariously kind of put me down in front of them. Oh come on, Alfie. No, but but this is like a thing, and then you. And then you went, oh, I'm sorry, I don't know why I do that. Oh no, I know, I always do that. Yeah. But I, I do it because it's. I, I, it seems like, I don't know, showing off or something the other way around. I don't want, I don't, I don't know. I think in that moment when I did, I don't know, say something about you, what I didn't want people to think, oh, she's all cocky because she's, she's got a boyfriend. <laughs> I always think of myself as the loser at school who never had a boyfriend. And so now whenever I, I always feel like slightly surprised that I have a boyfriend still, I yeah. still have that mentality. So I don't. And just in case the, the person I'm speaking to is a person that is also quite insecure and geeky like me, I always just want to just make them feel like, don't worry, I, I'm actually really still uncool and stuff, even though I've got a boyfriend. <laughs> it's so pathetic. I am such a loser. I'm such a loser. I really, uh, well, I I mean, I, I, I understand. That's very, the reasoning is sweet. It's quite depressing for you though, isn't it? <laughs> it is, I mean, it's not. It's not because I know that you're, 
that you have that mentality that you that you even you even had a joke about it in your show. You're you, you have a massive ego and a stunning lack of self confidence. Mm. Like you know you're going to win. You can't walk. Don't from, try and do it now. You can't walk from the bathroom. It's like to I the can't bedroom. walk naked from the bedroom to the bathroom, but I know I'm going to win an Oscar one day. Yeah, it's a good joke. Yeah. Really good joke. Thank you. And um, so I understand where that mentality of yours comes from, but I do feel like when you're solo podcasting and narrating my absence to, <laughs> uh, you know, however many strangers listen to this podcast, I there's a chance that I might come off worse than the actuality of the situation between us would yeah. readily suggest itself. No, but I, I think I'm quite... Um, I hopefully I'm really positive about you, but th- that's also strange because so many people say to me stuff like, "Oh, I hope Alfie's doing his sh- his fair share of the childcare," and "Oh, well, he left you to go to a, you know he's in Australia," and "Oh my, you- you're a hero, you're a hero." They don't know that my mum lived with me with me while you're away, and um, she I would not have been able to do anything about my mum and it was a complete mutual decision that you go to Australia it was always the plan you go to Australia that was the deal we had a deal but this is you also did, like work I have yeah, to exactly. do that. and it's like work it's, it's yeah exactly this is building like a career so we can all live and eat and have exactly. life exactly sometimes no I know but it still comes down to people saying to me um well I hope he's hope he's doing and even if you weren't like even if you had chosen to go to Australia for six weeks and I had been fully okay with that and wanted you to go and have a nice time for six weeks because that was always the deal that if we're going to have another baby you get to go and do something brilliant for your career and there'll be no questions about that kind of time of your life and stuff that was always the deal if you want to see more about the deal you can see Alfie's show which is on Amazon Prime which is really really good and he's very much more explicit about the deal anyway um, everybody takes that way too seriously as well exactly but I still find it quite condescending how the gender roles are so, so instilled that the the woman kind of, I don't know, that I need you so much. It's not that I don't need you, but I'm fine without you. And I can do it without you. Obviously, I need my mum's help. I but do I, think, yeah, yeah, yeah. The attitude, it's slightly patronising that it makes it it makes you out to be this, oh, are you being, are you being like not... um. Are you being hard done by, by the bad man in your life? Yeah. Like, are you just a, a silly little woman who can't, you know, deal with making your own adult decisions as a human being? And uh, uh, have you, do you not have the strength to say, what the fuck are you doing, you idiot? If yeah. I'm being an idiot. Or where's like, your or husband? To, where's your husband? Not not put up with a bad situation. Yeah, uh, exactly. And, it, and, and especially maybe because I give off the vibe of being this kind of low self-esteem, um, uh, happy-go-lucky, sweet person. I think a lot of the time people think that I must have a very, our roles must be very, um, I don't know, traditional, when that we aren't traditional at all. Well, there are traditional and non-traditional aspects to it. I don't think you could say with any great strength in either direction that it is or is not traditional. Like it, it, there are, there are, there are traditional and non-traditional elements to the way in which we behave and are with, uh, with each other. Yeah. I guess it was just the messages where I got like, I hope Alfie's going to give you a good holiday when you get home. It's, and as, as if I wouldn't, 
want to to be with you and the kids or that now it's my time. Obviously. It's also slightly patronising to the idea of what it is to be a parent. Like, um, I hope Alfie's going to, like, you're going through this awful time. Yes. And you've made this benevolent I choice had a great for the time. <laughs> like, it wasn't. Like it wasn't your choice to have a, a for you. It's like you've got your like jury duty. You've got child duty through the mail from the government. And now you've got to undertake it alone because a bad man's gone on holiday to Australia. Yeah. Like it's. Um, so I just kind of my my tactic was just to stay quiet really about you being away because I'm so used to those messages about, I don't know, it, it's it's. I, I quite like the fact that we're quite separate about certain things. Mm. Um, and you miss them hugely. You know, you- yeah, it felt like it, by the end of it, it felt too long. Um, it felt like it felt like I I really wanted and needed to come home. But again, um, absence is, uh, you know, in a sense, a privilege because, and I'm not saying this in a way that, like, as to say, and there's no real way of saying it without kind of sounding a bit saccharine. But I think just by dint of sharing a home with someone or some people, you take who they are for granted because you see them every day, you're with them every minute, like there they are again at bedtime, there they are again when you wake up. There's just, it's very, very difficult to not in some sense take people who you live with, whether you're in a romantic relationship like we are, whether you're their, their parent or maybe their child, for granted and a bit of absence really helps you realize oh I had been taking uh my relationship and my children for granted slightly and I'm so excited to come home and that's uh a a nice thing and then of course like you see them you came to meet me at the airport and it was you know absolutely wonderful and then you actually see the kids and by the time you get onto the Heathrow Express, you realise you want to come back to Australia again. <laughs> That's just a little joke. I know, that was funny. Thanks. Um, yeah, it was amazing. It's amazing as well because six weeks didn't feel, it was really hard at the beginning because I really missed you. And it's such a bonding thing, the birth, and we had a really nice time in the afterbirth and those days in the hospital and stuff. And... Um, I wasn't even expected to be at the I was expecting to be at the birth, was I? No. I so think that would have been hardcore. That would have been hardcore. That would have been difficult, there. but yeah, it would have been. But you've seen three of the fucking things already, you know? Yeah. The birth. It, you were re- it was really fun though this time, I think. Obviously we had the like horrible scare in the middle. Turn off the Gregorian charts, Alfie. Turn off the Gregorian charts. Give me my Ribena. <laughs> Um, but it was a nice experience I felt as a birth partner I just like fourth time I'd got it yeah you cracked it I I was good at it fourth time round you were a really nice quiet presence Mm. that you you knew not to touch me unless I you just knew that I was you were you were a prop and I had to basically just I was allowed to hurt you (laughs) (laughs) that's correct yes squeeze you really hard and And all you wanted is like uh, earn it constant earnest and you're doing so well yeah you're amazing yeah that's exactly what you want brilliant but then as the time ticked on i saw you kind of getting a bit like come on now this time it's time Uh, well i mean like i was 
You didn't, obviously he didn't actually do that, but it was, it's, it was a long birth for us in terms of the rest of It was of a very long birth. It felt very long. So. Well, it wasn't a long, like, you know, I think it was a long time to be in painful labour. Yes. Yes. It was, it was horrific. It was really horrific. And it was an exceptionally painful labour. So they told us. It was really bad. I really don't ever want to do that again. Well, there's great news in that department because do you know what? We don't have to. I'm sorry. No, I would do it I'm again sorry. if I didn't have to have the oxytocin. I'd happily give birth again if I had a natural. I still haven't had a natural labor, Alfie. I haven't had a natural birth. I'm sorry, listener. Alfie has left the room. <laughs> um, and then finally, what was it like coming back to Becca? Because. He's now maybe triple the size he was when he was born. So he was born That's five pounds. That's one big difference. Five pounds. Now he's almost like 12 pounds. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you're quicker this time to love him? No. Love. Okay. <laughs> because you've always said that you're not good with, you're not a great baby. You, you don't bond with babies as well as you do with, like you're brilliant with 10's age, 18 months. 18 months and up, you're great. But with babies, you don't particularly enjoy. You don't enjoy babies. Um, I've spoken to a lot of men and I I sort of wanted to, I feel like um, I wanted to use the word destigmatize there, but I think actually what I'd like to do is stigmatize the <laughs> phrase destigmatize um, because it's overused and sort of. Said I haven't much. heard it in a long time and I enjoyed it. Destigmatize. Yeah, I've not I think heard that destigmatize. It's said it's always said in that patronizing cadence. Uh, I think we need to destigmatize nah, that you didn't realize we needed to destigmatize, but I do. What you does know? cadence mean? Uh the kind of melody this, of your speech. All oh, right. Okay. Melody. Melody. That was a CBB show. Anyway, go on. Um <laughs> we can communicate almost entirely in uh, Mike the Night. <laughs> Timmy, it's Timmy. Timmy, just watch watch the gain on the microphone with, with the me. baby club. Na 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 na. Knock on your door. Knock on your door. Uh, what was I saying, please? Cadence, something about cadence. <laughs> Do you think we're uh, the uh, the uh, the the idea that I just I mean obviously like a lot of this is diff- different for men than it is for women. Uh, and I feel like you're about to say something really bad. <laughs> well, no, it is because I think the like uh, you, as you said at the beginning of this podcast, the experience of having a child in you, then the bonding experience of giving birth to it, then the bonding experience of him like not being able to, he is surviving uh, directly through a part of your physical being, and that is transcendentally magical and kind of bonding on a level that I can never understand. Um, so that's cool for you. Oh, so you're saying that men can't compete with women? It's not a comp, I don't, yeah, yes, but not to compete. I mean, I don't feel not like I'm in competition with you. I just feel like everything that you have experienced. And I used to have a joke about this, uh, six years ago uh, that maybe you'll remember that where I sort of take the piss out of people going, men will never understand the pain of childbirth. 
Men will never understand the pain of childbirth. Yeah, that's true. But we'll also never understand the sort of life affirming, magical, blissful, uh, otherworldly experience of being pregnant, giving birth and uh, feeding uh, direct from something that I am physically producing within my almost kind of out of my soul and giving nourishing this thing that I've grown with it. So, you know, we'll never understand the pain of childbirth, but we'll never understand that either. So yeah, you exactly. Of, you got to take the rough with the smooth a little bit in that area. Yeah. On a different note, um, earlier today, I saw your face and your enthusiasm as something happened on your laptop, I think it was, must have been cricket. Mm-hmm. You you were so joyous in that moment and more alive than you, you'd been all day. And I, it's such a specific thing, sport, for you. It's just such, it gives you so much pleasure. Yeah. And you're so committed to it. And um, I thought, why can't you have that level of um, joy and commitment to taking nice photos of me? Yeah. That really upset me. I think because um, <laughs> sport is, it sort of, it, 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 it serves a function in my life. I think like church mm. um, fills for a lot of different people in the, in the sports teams that you support there are certain sort of identifying factors that you want to like see either in yourself or in society so when when your sports team wins it's like those values win and you can go around with like-minded people and have your kind of community of like-minded people coalesce around a an idea together um feel that sense of community and lack of being alone so every time- but it, on the on the on the other hand like taking photos of you is um nice but also a constant need to reaffirm your own existence in the eyes of people on social media which is not no it's not for social media it's to have me as a record of them at this age so whenever we're doing something really nice like paper mache it'd be nice if you documented that well I wasn't here for when you did that yeah I'm just saying next time I do paper mache take a nice photo of me well I take I, I do take nice photos of you and I, I and you really haven't I think, lately you've I, la- yeah, you've been- I, I don't think I take if it was 1992 I think I would take a more than average amount of photos no I know what you mean so every time they score, is it basically like everyone saying, thank God, God exists? Is that kind of what it feels like? Um, I, yeah, not not that God exists uh, so much as you don't, I, you don't have to be alone mm. anymore. We, we're with you. There's a, there's a moment of, that's why I don't like uh, VAR, but I feel like the whenever What's it VAR? kicks oh, the, the, the video, video assistant video referee. I feel like um, the whenever it kicks podcast is not a good podcast to be talking about the VAR. benefits of VAR. <laughs> no, I think we'll stop there. But I really hope that Donny is as enthusiastic and committed to football as you are, as an observer rather than a player, because I think it's really nice. It's a really nice aspect of your personality because you 
don't need, you're so supportive of Liverpool Football Club. You're so supportive and it's just so genuine and heartfelt and you don't need to be playing and you don't need to be the best. And that's just a really nice thing for me, completely opposed to my childhood. Do you mean I don't need to be the best in terms of that I don't need to be the best player or that Liverpool don't need to be the best? Liverpool don't need to be the best. You'll love them no matter what. And you don't need to be the athlete that, you know, is playing. You're happy to be the the guy with a beer sitting on the sofa watching. And I really like that because I think as a child playing sport to such a high level, I was an athlete. Um <laughs> Um, obviously I wasn't number eight uh, I was not, girls I was not. tennis but in the country with, with, with playing sport to a competitive level when I was younger I think it was sports kind of ruined for me now mm-hmm. so I really hope that that's another thing like reading I really hope that we can install enthusiasm for sport as a viewer to them because I'm so jealous that you have that and I don't I don't have anything that I'm like a fangirl of and it's such a beautiful thing being passionate about something. And I don't I don't have that about anything other than my children. And the Kardashians. No, but I watch them in a fascination. I'm 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 joking. They're not joke. on as much they're, they're they're not on as TV as much as football is. No, 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 no. I'm just I'm, I'm amusing myself with the idea. I'm of not you, passionate about the Kardashians outfit. Kim Kardashian gets signing a new marketing <laughs> deal for Zim's bras and then you going, Yes! Come on, Kim. I know. But it almost is like I'm sure there are Kardashian fangirls. Anyway. I think it's really nice that you're able to see, I think a lot of girlfriends wouldn't be quite so understanding of their boyfriends. Boys and their football. Uh, Touch, touch. It really speaks to your ability to see the best in people. Or not so much the best in people, but certainly the best in me. And I'm grateful for that. Yeah, I don't see the best in people. Because you you saw me judging that man in the park earlier who was over-parenting, like shouting at his kids. This really annoyed me. Alfie didn't support me on this. I there was a, there was a dad in the playground, and I didn't want Alfie to feel bad. We're we're gonna end soon. I didn't want Alfie to feel bad that he wasn't being as vocal a parent as this dad was. So to be nice to Alfie, I said to him, "Isn't that dad annoying? He's shouting directions at his kid, and he wants everyone to hear how great a game improviser he is with his child. Isn't that dad he annoying? Was coaching. There was a bouldering wall in the playground. It wasn't just the boulder wall. It was, was more. Saying, Hips closer into the wall. Hips closer into the wall. And other stuff like, are you all right there, Ollie? Like, do you need me to help? Let's do, here's a bucket. Let's do this on. Oh no, should, I, should we go over here and do this? Oh no, let's do this. Let's do this. Like, his every single thought he was saying, he was shouting. So almost it made me really annoyed because I wasn't shouting directions of my kid. I wasn't kind of needing everyone to hear that I was doing things with my kids the entire time. And that I'm a really, you know, I just felt that like he was showing off. I felt like he was showing off. I know, but you have a... And to be nice a, to you. Thank you. But also... You didn't I didn't want you to, to be, feel jealous. But I didn't feel jealous because I don't feel like his, like front foot parenting in that moment was an affront to my ability to be a good parent. He was doing pirate games. You should have been jealous. I wasn't jealous. You were just... <laughs> there was... There... <laughs> I've hidden the treasure. Let's go find the treasure, guys. I didn't hear him play pirate games. Yeah, well, I'm at now. I'm merging two dads into, into one to make a better story, but it didn't work. <laughs> I do you look at the dads in those playgrounds who have one child and think... Yeah, well, well done. You can play the pirate games. For being an energetic dad right this minute. Yeah. 
I know. But you didn't support me. And I said, isn't that dad annoying? And you were like, no, I think you're being really judgmental. Okay, well, <laughs> uh, and this is what I'm worried about in terms of, I edit this podcast for you and put it out. And I do listen to quite a lot of it, depending on how much time I have from week to week. But I do worry how much you, in your retelling of things, as you just have, I think you're being really judgmental. If if we were to not question that, and that was just to flow out into the universe, that makes me sound so much worse than what I actually said. Well, you said it with a smile. Well, I smiled. I didn't say I think that's really judgmental of you. That just never passed my lips. You said, I think that's judgmental no, of you. I, no, I didn't. <laughs> I said, what do you think you said then? You said the word judgmental. I said it doesn't bother me. You don't think you said judgmental? I, I think you then reacted oh, like this. Oh my God. You said, I think that's quite judgmental of you. Okay. Okay. Let's end the podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> end it now. <laughs> end it now. Okay, end it now. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Don't worry, we're not going to have a fight. Um, <laughs> I need to cook. I need to cook Jessie her dinner. My mum has I, very kindly got as the I, kids. As I do every night, I cook her the same concoction of <laughs> beans and vegetables with slightly different... You can find the recipe in my show on Amazon Prime. Paleo. I call it Vegetable Cosmos. Is that paleo? What? Is tomato puree paleo? No one gives a shit. So let's end the podcast now. Let, for, your, for all your curious listeners, um, you can find find me on Instagram and I'll, I'll, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a guide as to whether or not Vegetable Cosmos is paleo. But you should watch Alfie's special on Amazon Prime. It's really good. And he looks very handsome in it because he hadn't been drinking for a while. So every so often I say to him, look at you then. <laughs> yeah. As an incentive to stop drinking beer. Because he looks really good in this. That sounds quite creepy. I said that quite creepy, but he does look really good in it. And that's not why you should watch it, to see how good he looks. He's actually really funny. And it's a very good show. And it was very well received. And that's on Amazon Prime and it's called Sensitive Man. And um, I'll be back very soon on my own. Mm -hmm. And not being judged. <laughs> you should also uh, listen to We Can't Talk About That Right Now with Jesse Cave and BB Cave. Yeah. Uh, get on the Patreon for blog posts and what else is on there? Extra content, Alfie. Extra content. Big time extra content. Just nondescript extra content. Extra content. Videos. As and when it comes. When it's not half term, there'll be so much content. Yeah. BB baking a cake. Lots of stuff. Lots of cakes. Yeah. That's the other thing about big families is very usually time for a cake. Isn't yeah, it? that is great. Whenever I look at Sophie Ellis-Bex's Instagram, I always think, oh, it's another birthday. April's a big time for them and the... Ellis Bexter household with, with, with cakes, uh, lots of Aries in that family. Anyway, let's, let's finish the podcast now. I think that, that, From one Aries to that is Taurus. conversation's way of telling us we're done. Uh, Thank you for listening to Alfie, Aries and me, Taurus. Speak to you soon. <laughs> good evening, listener. It's, uh, okay.